Welcome, listeners, to today's Vetfolio New Product Podcast, sponsored by Lanco. Today, we're providing you with some updates on feline dermatophytosis and introducing you to Intrafungal, a new FDA-approved intraconazole oral solution that is indicated for the treatment of dermatophytosis caused by Microsporum canis in cats. We are lucky to have with us Dr. Karen Moriello, a board-certified dermatologist, here to speak with us. Dr. Moriello has been engaged in clinical research on feline dermatophytosis since 1986. Recently, she co-authored a consensus paper on the diagnosis and treatment of dermatophytosis sponsored by the World Association of Veterinary Dermatology, which reviewed the scientific literature from 1900 to 2016. Welcome, Dr. Moriello. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today. Delighted to have you. Let's start off chatting about the disease itself before we get into intrafungal. Dr. Moriello, why do you feel that feline dermatophytosis is such an important disease? This is a disease where I have seen people seriously consider euthanizing a cat or a kitten because of a lack of understanding that this is truly a treatable and curable disease. There's a lot of urban myths lurking on the Internet that really frighten people. You know, for example, most clients are really surprised to find out that toenail fungus and athlete's foot fungus are also dermatophyte infections, but caused by the human pathogen trichophyton. So my goal is to educate veterinarians, technicians, and clients on the diagnosis and treatment of dermatophytosis so people can make good treatment decisions. Can you provide us an update on some of the latest information related to dermatophytosis? Sure. I think one of the most important new findings is that environmental decontamination is not as hard as we thought. Evidence-based studies combined with field studies have shown that if you can wash it, you can decontaminate it. The most important part of disinfection is routine cleaning. I tell my clients to clean as if company is coming and make sure there's no visible cat hair. In addition, any cleaning product labeled as antifungal against trichophyton is effective against M. canis. And oh, by the way, trichophyton is the common pathogen of people. So what's new with regard to diagnosis? So this is a case of what's old is new again. This last year, I was part of a study group that reviewed the literature from 1900 to 2016, and the most interesting new thing is that the wood lamp is really a good tool for detecting microsporum, canis, infected hairs for direct exam or culture. We simply have to use the right equipment and learn how to use it properly, which is not unlike any other point-of-care diagnostic test in veterinary practice. When we looked at the data, 91 to 100% of untreated microsporum-infected cats had positive wood lamp examination. So you simply need to plug in the lamp and use a lamp with built-in magnification, hold that lamp very close to the skin, so two to four centimeters, start at the head, and move very slowly during the examination. Importantly, you need to look under crusts for glowing hairs, which can be really short. If there's any doubt, you gently evolve the crust and look for apple green fluorescence on the hairs and the hair bulbs. And what's really important to remember is that the fluorescence is present on the whole hair shaft. It doesn't appear as splotches of dust. In addition, infected crusts do not glow. This is definitely a skill worth mastering. Dr. Moriello, I've heard that the woods lamps can be useful to monitor infections. How do you do that? 
the apple green fluorescence is a pigment that's deposited on the hair shaft during the infection process. As the infection is eradicated from an infected hair, the fluorescence will disappear from the base of the hair. This is a good indicator that the cat is responding to systemic therapy. Eventually, no fluorescence is seen on the hair shaft. Now, some successfully treated cats may still have, quote-unquote, glowing tips. That is just pigment that's retained on the hair shaft. When in doubt, culture these hairs. If a cat has persistent fluorescence on hair shafts, that indicates that there's a lack of response to treatment or relapse. Dr. Mariello, what about fungal cultures? Are they still important? Yes. Fungal cultures are still very important. Active infection can be confirmed via direct exam of infected hairs. But for medical legal confirmation of the infection, the fungal speciation can only be done via a fungal culture. PCR testing is becoming more widely available, but fungal culture is still important in determining when to stop treatment. I've heard that. Yes. It's important for veterinarians to remember that a positive fungal culture simply means that fungal spores have been detected on the hair coat. It could be due to active disease or it could be due to fomite contamination. You know, fungal culture results need to be interpreted in light of a clinical examination finding and wood plant finding. Another important aspect we have learned that positive or negative results alone don't provide enough information to a veterinarian. You need to monitor the number of colonies on the fungal culture plate. Dr. Moriello, are you referring to the P-scoring system? And if so, can you explain it and how a veterinarian should use it? Sure. The P-score is based on the number of colonies that are growing on a culture plate. For example, a P-score zero indicates no colonies are present. P1 is 1 to 5 colonies, P2 is 6 to 10, and a P3 score indicates there are too many colonies to count. This started out as a research tool, but we found that it was very helpful in assessing response to treatment. What a veterinarian wants to see is that the P-score is decreasing over time, which would indicate the cat is responding to the treatment protocol. So, Dr. Moriello, what does it mean if the P-score isn't decreasing? Well, there's a lot of potential reasons, but the first thing to investigate is whether or not the client's having difficulty treating the cat. So once the veterinarian has diagnosed dermatophytosis, what do you recommend for treatment? You need to use a multimodal approach. Can we explore that a little bit more? What do you mean by multimodal approach? What this means is that you're treating all aspects of feline dermatophytosis. You need to clean the environment to remove fungal spores that could lead to false positive fungal cultures and result in prolonged therapy. You need to use topical therapy to disinfect the hair coat and use a systemic antifungal to eradicate the infection from the hair follicle. Now, our main goal is to eliminate the infection as quickly as possible in order to reestablish a more normal relationship between the cat and the owner. Most of our patients are kittens with whom socialization is very important. So when an owner has a cat with a known zoonosis, they have to take precautions to minimize contracting the disease, such as wearing gloves when handling the infected cat. People can become overly afraid and minimize their interaction with the kitten at a time when it's really crucial for the kitten's behavioral development to have that contact. So let's switch gears and talk about itrafungal, a new FDA systemic oral treatment for microsporum canis in cats by Elenco. Before we start discussing itrafungal, I want to share some important safety information. 
do not administer to cats with hypersensitivity to itraconazole. Itrafungal has not been shown to be safe in pregnant cats and should only be used in pregnant or lactating cats when the benefits outweigh the potential risks, not for use in humans. Keep this and all medications out of reach of children. Wash hands and expose skin after use. Use with caution in cats with renal dysfunction or impaired liver function. If clinical signs suggestive of liver dysfunction develop, treatment should be discontinued. Itrafungal is a cytochrome P450 inhibitor and may increase or prolong plasma concentrations of other drugs metabolized by this pathway. Cats suffering from heart disease should be carefully monitored during treatment. The most common adverse reaction reported in clinical trials involved vomiting, diarrhea, decreased appetite, and elevated hepatic enzymes. Please see the product insert for full product information. Now that we've covered the safety information, Dr. Moriello, can you discuss with us why you are so excited about having an FDA-approved product? Sure. To start with, prior to the availability of itrafungal, it was a challenge to prescribe a systemic antifungal drug to a cat, particularly a kitten with feline dermatophytosis. Human systemic antifungal drugs do not come in cat-friendly dose formulations because they're not labeled for cats. This resulted in capsules and tablets being cut, repackaged, or compounded into a formulation that the owner could administer. There was no standardization and no way to be confident in what you were administering to your patient. The other thing that excites me is that we now have a standard treatment protocol that has documented efficacy. Finally, the FDA approval protocol requires proper safety studies be done. What about dosing for itrafungal? I've heard that it is given daily for one week on and one week off for a total of three weeks of treatment. How is that possible? The dose is five milligrams per kilogram daily for one week on and one week off for three treatment cycles, as you said. One of the unique aspects of itraconazole is that it accumulates in the hair and skin, giving residual antifungal activity. These residual concentrations in the hair and skin remain above the therapeutic concentrations during the non-treatment week. Another important factor regarding dosing is that itrafungal can be administered with or without food. Now, Dr. Moriello, I know that some cats with dermatophytosis can be quite small and young in age. What are the weight and age restrictions with itrafungal? Itrafungal prescribing information does not include an age or weight restriction. So why shouldn't a veterinarian just use the compounded itraconazole instead of itrafungal? The compounded product seems to be pretty affordable. Itrafungal is a cost-effective systemic antifungal for treating dermatophytosis. The price to veterinarians is $32.50 for 52-milliliter bottle at a concentration of 10 milligrams per mil. This is enough to treat up to a 10-pound cat for the entire course of treatment. So its price is comparable to compounded itraconazole prescription. Second, there are concerns that the compounded product will not have the same bioavailability as itrafungal. In fact, a study published in dogs asking this question found that compounded formulations had very poor bioavailability. Third, the FDA encourages the use of FDA-approved products due to the extensive review of the product safety and efficacy data. 
the FDA issued a letter to veterinarians encouraging the use of itrofungal over compounded itraconazole products. So, Dr. Moriello, regarding itrofungal's efficacy, how soon can you expect to see improvements in the clinical signs? In the placebo-controlled laboratory study, lesions started to resolve as early as seven days after starting treatment. By the end of the study, 98% of the itrofungal-treated cats had a complete resolution of all clinical lesions, whereas in the placebo-treated group, only 15% of cats had a complete resolution by the end of the study. Now, what about fungal culture results? When do you start to see a mycological cure? In this same laboratory study, mycological cure was defined as having two consecutive negative fungal cultures, no growth. One itrofungal-treated cat achieved mycological cure as soon as four weeks, and by nine weeks, the end of the study, 90% of treated cats had at least one negative fungal culture. Whereas in the placebo group, it was nine weeks before one cat showed mycological cure. This study clearly documented that systemic treatment with a week-on, week-off itrofungal treatment protocol significantly shortened the course of the disease. One thing to keep in mind with this study was that topical antifungal therapy was not used. Why is that important? Well, topical therapy is necessary if you want the fastest possible cure. Systemic therapy eradicates the infection from within the hair follicle, but it does not kill infective spores on the hair coat. It is topical antifungal therapy that does this by disinfecting the hair coat. If the hair coat's not disinfected, it may be impossible to determine mycological cure, even if the infection is eradicated from within the hair follicle. In addition, topical antifungal therapy helps prevent the development of new lesions on the cat, helps minimize transmission of the disease to other animals, and prevent environmental contamination. Dr. Moriello, what other things do you think a veterinarian should know about itrofungal? A few final things are itrofungal shelf life and flavoring. The shelf life is five weeks once the bottle's been opened and 24 months unopened. Lastly, it comes in an easy-to-give cherry caramel-flavored liquid formulation with a dosing syringe. Really? A cherry caramel liquid? Yes. I'm not sure how they came up with that flavoring. Thanks for sharing this interesting tidbit of information with us. Any last-minute comments or thoughts regarding itrofungal or feline dermatophytosis? Sure. The major take-home message is that this is a treatable and curable disease. The key components of treatment are the use of a systemic antifungal drug to eradicate the infection in the hair follicle, topical therapy to disinfect the hair coat, and cleaning of the environment. And it's really great that we have a, finally have an FDA-approved systemic treatment for dermatophytosis in cats. Interfungal is safe, it's effective, and cost-effective treatment for feline dermatophytosis. Dr. Moriello, thank you so much for your time and for sharing this information. It's really been a pleasure speaking with you. You're welcome, and thank you for having me. Well, listeners, that's a wrap. We'd like to thank Dr. Moriello again for her time and expertise, and to Elenco for sponsoring this new product podcast.